Hello, friends, and however you're listening to this episode of On Grace, we are very grateful. Joined today by the Bert and the Ernie. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> now you got a combo I can work with. That's uh, right. Bert and Ernie, yeah. yeah. That's pretty familiar. Rubber ducky. <laughs> you're my friend. Nope. Which one had the rubber duck? Uh, That's Ernie, Ernie, right? Was it Ernie? I think so. I think so. Bert was always a little bit more curmud- curm- curmudgeonly. Yes, Wiser, more mature. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know their their heads were shaped completely differently. Yes. One had a broad head, one had a tall head. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and they got along. There's a lesson in yeah. that. Yeah. So based on the the head shape, do you do you you all have a preference (laughs) of which Muppet you are? Uh, as long as I get to play with the rubber ducky, I'm good. I guess that makes you Ernie. Ernie. Okay. I'll be Bert. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bert also had like a unibrow, right? Do I remember yes, that I right? Yes, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yes, I remember he did. that now. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I will confess to you all that I thought about introducing you as, you know, those judges. Yeah. Those, those oh, two those old guys great. up yeah. in the balcony. I love <laughs> that would characters. fit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except we're not we're not that negative. No, you're not. That's why I, that's we why I didn't do it. We throw insults down at the people who not are not publicly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> not on the air. We would never that's do right. that. We would never do that. And they don't. I don't. Do they have names like the? I think they do. Yeah, but I'm not sure what they are. I don't know. <laughs> Just grumpy old men. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. Hard but to please. Nevertheless, Bert and Ernie, Mr. Wendell Van Valen, and Mr. Wayne Hunter, welcome friends. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Take it away, Wayne. Okay. Uh, I think we want to try to explore a little bit the idea that um, sometimes we think that because God is gracious and he forgives us so freely and gladly that uh, the end result of that is that people will just do whatever they want to do, that they won't, uh, that they, that it is some somehow grace will result in more sin and more disobedience and more uh carelessness about our relationship with God rather than more desire for God. I don't think grace results in a better sense of duty. I don't think that that's God's intent, that his grace would make us feel like the law has a stronger bond on us. But I think that grace does, uh, it has an an ongoing influence in our lives because we've talked a lot about grace. Uh, A big part of what grace is is God's presence and his investment in us. Uh, actively involved in our days. And so if God, who is willing to forgive us and love us with this abandon, um, you know, how can it seems that that would produce a desire for God, a yearning for him, not an indifference to God so that I would be careless about my relationship with him. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anytime you try to introduce some of the stuff we have about grace, the pushback always is. And and before we started this, JV was using the term slippery slope. Inevitably, people say, "Oh, you've opened up to a slippery slope." You know, people are right. It, it, we're talking about anarchy and right moral debauchery and all this good stuff. Um, but if grace is what we say it is, if grace is the presence of God. There is a a hugeness to it, a vortex, a, mm-hmm. a power that it, that pulls you in. Yeah, uh, JB, you talk all the time about trust the process. You trust the process. Yeah, that's one of his <laughs> mantras. I love it. Um, 
But Jesus spent three years with the disciples. And at the end of the three, we still see them squabbling over who's the greatest and see them denying and doubting and everything. And and you would think, okay, so why weren't they yeah. changed? I think he trusted the process that the seeds right. he planted, the grace he showed, the presence with them, and ultimately it did. Mm-hmm. You know, they did turn out to be different people, but it it went in a better way instead of a negative way. They didn't like, oh, now he's gone. We can do it whatever we want. Yeah. Instead, it um, they got closer and closer right. to to you know being transformed totally. Yeah. And that's a good. I never thought about that. That now he's gone. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. I heard uh, you'll appreciate this, Wendell. I heard a um, analogy the other day. Like if so, if you come upon a tree that has grown crooked, and you try to like immediately, you know, pull the tree to make it grow straight, you'll you'll snap the tree. Mm-hmm. You'll break the tree. But if you slowly, mm-hmm. you know, right. cultivate it yeah. so that it straightens yeah, yeah. out, yeah. It, it eventually will. Yeah. But to your point, it's trust in the process. Right. Yeah. Like Karate Kid. Like the Karate Kid. Yes. Trees. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Shape them the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that idea of of an, that grace, you know, I guess maybe people who, who think that grace l- leads to immorality or looseness or whatever forget that grace is about relationship. And it's not about, it's not a legal term. Right. Nearly as right, much right, as it's right. a relational term. Yes, yes. That that grace invites us into and initiates this profound relationship with a God who is always going to be present with us. That nothing can separate us from his love. And so he continues to have influence and uh, on our lives and that does gain momentum as time goes along. It's uh you know, like the vine and the branches. Uh it's like the yeast in the lump of dough or the seed in the ground it grows and it takes it takes time but it does change who we are and it it gives direction to who we become so you know if if we're in this relationship with god who who is all powerful and wise and gracious then he will set the direction that this relationship goes uh while he i think while he he rec- he recognizes our dignity and our free will and and the great worth that we have, I think it's just natural that in that relationship, you know, it's like any relationship you're in with a mentor or somebody who is wiser or you, whose whose wisdom you respect and whose uh, who you trust profoundly, you allow them to influence your lives. You want them to influence your lives, and I think that's what you're, our relationship is. Eager, goes. actually, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You, there's an eagerness there. Right. What if you What if you use the analogy of a, of a marriage? Um, what if you entered into a marriage and in your premarital counseling sessions, the pastor, the minister, or therapist, whatever, gave you uh, 10 steps to a healthy marriage, gave you a little manual. Right. So you read it initially. Did you get that? No, I didn't get I that. I didn't either. I didn't, no. <laughs> um, I read it too a, late. Explains a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it didn't have pictures in it anyway. So I didn't, yeah. But anyway, suppose you suppose they gave you that and and uh you you read it initially and then 10 years 20 years 30 years into marriage you're still referencing that every choice you make with your spouse every yeah. you're still uh, are we doing this 
according to the manual that, that was, was ten given steps. to us. Yeah. So, so you're you're all tied up in the reason our marriage is not going the way it should is because we're not adhering to the manual like we should, right? Or we're not reading it enough, or we're whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah. really, right? <laughs> what you do is you relate to each other and say, you know what, I want to love you, and I'm not sure what that's going to look like, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to help me, and I'll help you know how to love me. But if we listen to each other, and if we walk together through life, raising kids, whatever we do, planting gardens, taking trips, whatever right. we do, if we walk through life together, we will discover how to love each other. Grace will do its thing. Mm-hmm. It'll it'll work on us because we've made this choice. But if you're constantly referencing the, the marriage manual, right. it's robotic, it's artificial, yeah. It's ingenuous. It's a distraction from the person in front of you. Yeah. You know, if you stop relating to this person in front of you and instead you relate to the book, then you miss the joy and the uniqueness of that person in front of you. Yeah. And I think we kind of do that with God. You know, we, 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 we find him in this book, but the goal of the book is to set us free from the boundaries that it has. Yeah. So that we, it gives us guideposts and indications and pictures of who God is. That's the point, is for us to get this, this glimpse or hear these whispers of who God is. But the point is to make us hungry for that relationship so that we fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And not on the words about him, but about on his presence in our lives and where we can see him in the world. And, and, and you know, that's not to say that every person, that there's not... There are not truths about him that we need to know and that every, you know, just whatever you want to believe about him is okay uh, because he does have personality and characteristics uh, and traits that uh, Scripture helps us discover. But all of those invite us into relationship with him. So yeah. the goal is not to know him third hand from what Scripture says, but to have a, a personal uh, encounter with God. And that encounter becomes what we experience and what we what we pursue. How can I experience God and how can I express God in the world that I find myself in the relationships I have? And I think that's what grace gives us a hunger and a desire to do that. Yeah. Well, it my experience lately, the last 10 or 15 years, has been that as I have become more relationally oriented toward God and less... Literally, <laughs> however you would say that, literally, literature, um, that you can't make a, it won't work, will it? But anyway, I'm less book-oriented, more relationally oriented, that now I'm looking back at the book and what I read and what I studied in the book, and I'm thinking, that makes so much more sense now. Yeah, It makes the story that I read... 20, 30 years ago, now I kind of see what that means. I didn't didn't know mm-hmm. it back then. be the same thing with your marriage manual. You read it initially, and you think, some of this doesn't make sense to me. 30 years in. You read it, and it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but you, 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 go, you glance back at it, and you think, oh, that's what they were talking about. Yeah. But the relationship, conf- the book introduces you to the re- right. possibility of the relationship. Right. yeah. But then the ongoing relationship, you, you find yourself back in the yeah. story of the book. Yeah, the, the book could tell you this 
these ideas about grace. When you experience those, you find that the description is is pretty meager compared yeah. to the reality, yeah. the yeah. experience. Yeah. And so you become hungry for more of that experience, uh, and 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 that does have momentum to it, and it does have influence on our lives, so that we become uh, we are set free from those unhealthy ways of relating and from those desires that uh, break God's heart and ruin our lives, those lust and coveting and all those things that God is against because they break relationship and they hurt people. And so grace, I think, creates this possibility for us to live lives that build others up and to begin to experience what we were created for. And once you begin to do that, that does have momentum, that you, you find that this is what I was made to be. This is who I want to be uh, in this relationship with God, and he makes me different, and I, that's what I desire. In terms of this, man, you slippery slope here for sure, but if God has a methodology, which as soon as you talk about that, you're like, yeah, like you would know what it was. <laughs> but if there's any methodology in it, why, why would Jesus say to the disciples, it's better for me to go away? Yeah. That had to like what? What did you just say? Right. You know, no. It's, it really is better for me to go away because if I do, then I'm gonna I'm gonna right. put my spirit in, in you. you. Right. And and so, I've always wondered about that methodology. Yeah. Because you know I'm gonna be away. You know, cats right. away, mice will play. Yeah. Like we said before, but yet the the whole dynamic there was I trust what I've done here with you all for three years. I trust that. And I trust that what's going to happen next is is not going to be chaotic or crazy. It's actually going to pull you in right. more solid. Right. That there, that me being here in front of you is good, but it's not as good mm-hmm. as, as that. Now, can you, can you imagine that God desires to be that intimate with us? I mean, walking with them for three years, that's, yeah. that's pretty close. That's pretty personal. Yeah. But that, that wasn't enough. That God desires real intimacy with us, and that and grace, I think, is what we're talking about. This presence of God, where He doesn't just stand and watch us, but He enters into our lives and our moments, uh, and and that kind of relationship changes us. When we talk about salvation or redemption or uh, all those things, that's what we're talking about. This idea that God lives in us, and that uh, sets us free creates new opportunities and possibilities uh and and the hope of discovery we talk a lot about discovery yeah uh, all that's what grace sets up and so once you experience that and you begin to walk in that then that old life that that unhealthy selfish fearful life um and it of breaking god's heart and breaking relationships doesn't have an allure to it nor does that legalism and living by yeah. the rules, yeah. neither one of those. Uh, it's it, look yeah. Good. It's interesting that that in the Old Testament, when God says, "Okay, I've got a new thing we're going to do here. You're going to get a promised land, i.e., the church. Okay, you're going to get. We're going to start a church here. We're mm-hmm. going to start something new." And so He says, "And to do that, let's write some things down on a tablet." Yeah. In the New Testament, He says, "Okay, we're going to start a church." And and this time we're not going to write it on a tablet. 
yeah. the Holy Spirit's going to come and write it on, on your, your heart. heart. Right. And and this is going to become very relational. Right. So it, this is not about you referencing the tablets. Mm-hmm. This is not about you looking back at what I've told you. Right. It's it, And Jesus literally said the Holy Spirit's going to remind you. Right. It's, it's going to be inside of you. He will guide you into all truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the whole the whole shift, I mean, people talk about a, a slippery slope. God said, this is not slippery. Yeah, right. this, is, this is my plan yeah. for you to live and walk and breathe and relate to each other in grace, yeah. not referencing a manual, right. but do it in, in real time, right. organically, face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball. I don't have any silver and gold to give you, but I do have this. Right. You know, yeah. jumping up on the chariot. What are you reading there? Yeah. You know, it's you have this over and over. Shows up at Cornelius's house. I know I'm not supposed to be here. Yeah. But I'm here. Right. You know, the book says I'm not supposed to be yeah. here, but I'm here. Right. Yeah. It's it's a God who wants to be known, who reveals Himself at every opportunity. Yeah. That we give Him. Yeah. And He will break the rules. Right. To do that. Yeah. For people to to discover who he is. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of On Grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Wendell Van Valen and Wayne Hunter. The three of us work together at Broadway United Methodist Church in Bowling Green, Kentucky.